can I tell you something? I have a uh, salt and pepper grinders that are battery operated. But I mean, for my carpal tunnel, that I would actually be handy. Nice, because you can like grind with this ha- hand and like flip with the other. You know what I mean? Like stir mm. with the other hand. I don't know what you mean, because I have to use two hands to grind. Well, the point is, <laughs> yeah, you do know what I mean then. You know what I mean? I don't know what it's like to be able to stir my sauces while she's grinding pepper my pepper. Yeah. yeah. Those things were genius made. Genius made. How long do the batteries last on those? I mean, it's like it's got like a it's got like an entire series of double A's. And like, I want to say there's like four double A's in there. Oh, wow. It's too many batteries. But it's lasted a hell of a long time. Well, yeah, it's got four batteries. Grind but pepper then, or a day. When you when you run out of battery in the grinder and you have to replace it and you're like, OK, I need four double A's and you yeah. can only find three. You're not getting any grinding done. Exactly. I'm so afraid of what's going to happen when that pepper grinder runs out of battery. Yes. You know what's going to happen? I'm going to take. You're going to have to take one of those like little planers and remote. grate your own. Gr- take uh, the batteries out of the salt grinder because. I don't use salt. Uh, I just, I'll just switch them. And then Gary's going to be like, I need salt on these fries. And he's going to be like, oh shit, we're out of batteries. And then the whole cycle continues again and he'll take them out of the pepper grinder. Hello everyone. And welcome to another episode of Rough Around the Hedges podcast. I'm Adam. We're out of order. <laughs> yeah, right. That's not good. Christine's going to have to edit that too much. No, Hi. we're just out of order. It's weird. Well, I'm allowed to start it. Yeah, we're you are. all allowed to start it. We don't have to follow. Do we have to follow the the... The leader. I'm the leader. No, do we have to follow the same routine every time? Or is that no. is that like important for a Don't podcast in, in terms of like you, you you do the hosting during the episode where you ask all the questions and I do the intro and then <laughs> I don't know. Well then we'll just start over. You can start over. <laughs> you you can start it if you want. I mean, I just was hoping you guys would just roll with it, but it was okay. A, it I'm was not, no, I was like, no, we're not rolling with this. I didn't it was the episode problem, which that's unfortunate. I had higher expectations out of both of you. Wow. Oh, no, I, I purposely didn't say anything. As I was theater like, kids, no. we should be able Provide. to, yeah, well, uh, roll with the punches more. Yeah, well, you lost an opportunity. Lost now. an opportunity, and now we're here at the Rough Around the Hedges podcast. <laughs> I'm Kaylin. I'm Adam. And I'm Christine. Oh, and today we're just having a planty chat, baby. We're going to talk about plants. We love Or are we? No, yeah. we, we are. These yeah. check-ins are kind of nice. Kind of keep ourselves, you know, kind of bill buddies. See what we've been up to, what well, we need to do. Kind of bill buddies. Do you guys want to go help me spray down for spider mites before we uh, depart from podcast recording today? I think I'm good. That's what I'm dealing with. If we have time after the episode, I can help you before I go to work. No, and you then, need to go to work, dude. <laughs> and then treat all the plants at work for, for fun. For fun. For fun. <laughs> for fun, for necessary. <laughs> well, we're, we're getting ready for to. For prevention. I mean, we, we're getting ready to bring all of. The plants in from outside. Do you guys have room? We've been, I have been working my butt off to make sure we have room. And part of that has been like ownership of the nursery. Please don't buy another order of plants. I feel like a half right load now. of inventory. Like we yeah. need to chill on ordering plants. And so that's been helpful. We've sold a lot of things, big things. Um, but we have many more, much larger things, uh, i.e., citrus mm. trees, that banana trees, bananas. We usually chop the bananas pretty hard. So the biggest strategy, I guess, is going to be mostly like we really use cutting things back mm-hmm. as the as the mechanism of control, like reduce the biomass as much as possible to just like just compost, like discard any. So you're not propagating like if you're cutting back pothos, you're throwing it away. Mm, 
we're not cutting back pothos because I'm talking about cutting back the things that we're bringing in from outside. Oh. So we'll be cutting back, you know, giving everybody haircuts coming in, gardenias, citrus, mandevilla, a bunch of other things that are going to be coming in, bay, trees, you know, all the good stuff. Um, that's that's going to happen. But uh, that's I'm also le- Wednesday's my last day at Highland Nursery. So are we allowed to talk about it now? We can talk you, about you'll it. have started at this I mean, point. I'll have started. Yeah. yeah. So it's exciting. Yeah. Exciting news, everybody. Yeah. So I feel like this is the update episode. So I might as well kind of let the cat out of the bag. Um, yeah. And you guys already know this. So it's maybe not going to have the same reaction. But what? Tell us. Wait, wait, no, no, wait, 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 wait. I'll you guess? It. Yeah, yeah. Give us the news. Oh, okay. Um, yeah. I got a job at the University of Minnesota. <gasps> what? Um, yeah. Oh, my gosh. Wow. Are you going to be teaching about plants? No. <laughs> I mean, sort of, but yeah, I'm going to be managing the Tropical Plant Conservatory at the University of Minnesota uh, starting September 11th. It's my first day. So Wow, amazing. That's really um, exciting. Wow. So many more plants to yeah, add to your so collection. Cool. Yeah, because it's, what'd you say? It's like 2,000 species or something crazy? I mean, actually, I don't know. I mean, I, I gave you that number, but I did look through the accessions list, which are publicly available on the website, which is just all the plants that have been recorded as being brought in and care oh, for okay. they all have yeah. accessions numbers um like like they would in a museum sort of Ooh, you'll have to see if we can donate specimens because then we can have plants at the minnesota zoo and at the minnesota I u of m don't know if we have anything that the university is really they might. interested it's, it's, in the, the collections i mean i talked to the curator and the collections are pretty focused on like different high like uh high endemism uh, areas all over the world, like places where there's high biodiversity concentrations in a number of the different like floristic regions on the planet. So they're kind of like, if you have a, happen to be growing like a Southern hemisphere, tropical conifer that specifically grows in only new Caledonia, like, yeah, oh, I have one of those. Definitely donate that one. <laughs> but also how did you get that? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, so there are certain things, I mean, and I'll learn more of course, when I start yeah. the job and, um, and hopefully it will be able to inform this podcast and give us more content ideas and stuff to talk about. Maybe but, we'll finally get to tour the university greenhouse. Yep. So, I mean, and that's one thing that I really want to bring to the job is like, there's, I feel like a really big disconnect between the academic sort of like academia, the academic world of plants mm-hmm. and the like hobby growers and where there are a lot of really knowledgeable horticulturists and collectors out there that have a lot of specialized knowledge when it comes to growing plants and maintaining collections and like understanding the conditions needed to to keep a lot of these different types of plants alive from all right. over the world. I mean, just we we've talked. Who do we know that like. I'm just thinking of like Adam, not dude, who just has this insane collection of Hoyas. Mm -hmm. And we know people that do like orchids and like staghorn ferns and like succulents and cacti. Mm -hmm. And there really are a lot of people in our community that like really bring a lot to the table. And they've really honed in. Seriously. Yeah. So I really want to be able to try to like connect those two communities in the Twin Cities. I feel like that's something I obligated to do in a way but that'd be cool if you could make it work yeah so that's just a goal of mine but yeah so life changes happening and wednesday will be my last day at the nursery where i've been for like almost five years um so i'm leaving them with the immense 
job of trying to bring all of the citrus in. Right. <laughs> Just uh, get as much done before I leave as I can. But um, yeah, so that's kind of what I've been doing. I haven't been as active in the like online forums, Instagram, yeah, Discord, because I've been pretty focused on like getting this job um, and like maybe also pursuing starting to go after a, a master's degree in horticulture or, or plant science or something, maybe slowly over the next like four years mm -hmm. or three years, just like as a part-time basis. But anyway, that's sort of the update. Are you going to make us call you Master Adam? Of course. <laughs> I had a teacher in college that he didn't have a PhD. He had his master's and he's like, you don't need to call me doctor or whatever his last name was, but you can call me master. And I was like, gross. No. Master has given Dobby a sock. <laughs> Dobby is free. I make house elf jokes at you. Right. I'm cool with that. I'm, but yeah, don't call me master or anything. I'm going to start throwing socks at you too. Yeah. My uh, my life update, I have spider mites. <laughs> yep. Dealing with that. Uh, the worst thing is, like, I think that when I was dealing with spider mites, I, I gave my mom a plant at one point as a gift. Which had I'm, spider mites? I'm pretty sure that's how she originally got spider mites. And it's the worst feeling in the world. Yeah. I'm like, I'm the worst, worst son. Worst son award. Worst son award. No, I like did. I like ordered her a bunch of different... Like I ordered her neat concentrate and I like was like, I want to like go take a special trip to Duluth to like do pest control. Because <laughs> I feel guilty. Right. As you should. Mm. That's like what I did with my mom because I gave her my Hoya Shepherdii. And then when I came to visit, it had a bunch of mealies on it. So I was like, clear out your sink. I'm going to take care of this for you. Yeah. I think it helped. I haven't seen them. I was just there this last week and I didn't see any on them. So. It also has a grown munch though, so I gave my mom a spider plant and she killed it. So my mom doesn't get any more plants. <laughs> You're cut off, Tammy. Where I you guys' parents are like in Minnesota, right? Somewhere mm -hmm. else. I just somewhere else in Minnesota. Somewhere else in Minnesota. Okay. I just wanted to double check. I yeah, can't yeah, remember. Yeah. Um Yeah. My moonlight put out this really big leaf. He's looking amazing over there. Philodendron moonlight? If yeah, my philodendron moonlight. He's so cute. I was debating if I wanted to chop him back and just take a top cut, but like, he's a cute little bush. I love him. It's like two feet tall. Nah, a foot and a half. Those, the moonlight and, is the moonlight and the Congo Rojo, are those two, those are two different. Species. Yeah, because the Congo plant, the Congo Rojo is the one in the yellow pot right here. And it has way longer petioles. Yeah. It's a Congo. It's like a, I think it's a Congo. That one, the Congo Rojo is a Congo and the Moonlight is an Eribicens, maybe? Oh, for species? You know, you're, I mean, all the, Moonlight is self-heading, Eribicens is a vining. Really? To the Google. Yes. Well, oh, okay. I thought that the, um, the Prince of Orange and the Moonlight were both Eribicens. I don't know. Hmm. I every time I look them up, it's just philodendron prince of orange. It doesn't have the species, right? Right. But I have that one too. He was looking very nice. I left those inside for the summer in my south window, and they're happy. And they're gonna get moved around. One of my ficus come inside. And they're gonna share some soltex together. Are they both in soil? Yeah, they're all in soil. I don't grow those in Lacca or anything. Philodendron um, moon, moonlight to Mall of America, Nickelodeon Universe has a huge, beautiful specimen of Rojo Congo. 
It's like a four foot tall, very round shrubby bush that is just gorgeous. Airport plants. I always see them in airports and they're massive. You? Yeah. I don't, that paid. Uh, Philodendron moonlight is a hid, hideracium. 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 That's not right. That's what Google said. They're, they're, they're they must be talking about the like lime. Philodendron, philodendron hideracium moonlight. The hideracium is oh, the, the common heartly. name moonlight philodendron lime philodendron. Lime. They're talking that what you're looking at is a like the philodendron lemon lime. Yeah. That's the same as like a micans or oh, is a hederacium. No, no, no. It's a self-header. That's the pictures. It looks like. Hederacium is a Hartley philodendron. More Googling. I'm going to look up the classification. Um, I was going to even. I think isn't the isn't the black cardinal also the same species as the moonlight philodendron and the. Prince of Orange. They all like, grow very similarly. Right, Leaf shape is a little different. Um, they all, all self-heading. Like, almost exactly the same -like. growth pattern. Because I grew what I called a philodendron arubicens imperial green for years. Um, and it was like the same exact structure as the Moonlight, the Black Cardinal, and the Prince of Orange. But it was just green. And I want to say it's like the sort of foundational species where they cultivated off Oh, they're selling this Moonlight in a six-inch pot for 50 bucks? Bullshit. <laughs> That's a joke. I got mine for 10 bucks. I feel Sorry. like I don't I don't see the Moonlights for sale as much. When I was going through the These phase days. of collecting all of the colored philodendrons, they were easily available. Because my first one was my Black Cardinal, which I love. I love the dark foliage and the leaves that come in red and then turn to dark... Um, and I got a Prince of Orange, and then I was like, okay, I have to round out this set. I need the Moonlight. And they were all available at Tonkadale in 2020. I want to give you one of those reverted green Congo philodendrons and see if you can grow it to the same size as the Rojo Congo. Like, I wonder... Why is it going to be a reverted one, though? Because that's all I have. <laughs> I thought you were getting some variegation on some of those. Um, no. I mean, I was, <laughs> but now no longer. Uh, but that's okay. Fuck those guys. Uh, I, I just, would I would grow it for you. I'm just curious to see if it can create the same exact shape as the Rojo Congo. Or the Moonlight. I feel like it's closer looking to the Moonlight. Right now I feel like they're closer to the Moonlight. Do you think you could get it to look like the Rojo? Do you want the longer petioles? Well, the point is they're both Congo philodendrons. And I'm wondering if oh. that means that they'll it will eventually look like that one with the really long petioles. That's a good point. I don't know. You and I are still trying to look up this Sorry, species. I, and I'm, everywhere I'm just seeing heteracium. Heteracium. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, weird. Yeah. Or they just don't include the species at all, which is why I've never bothered looking it up. Yeah. I find that frustrating. Like, I don't know why. I kind of like to know. Mm -hmm. Well, maybe you can use your college connections yeah. to hook you up with I think, some. I think one thing is all the plants in the conservatory, or most of them, are um, like species. They're not going to be cultivated varieties or hybrids mm -hmm. uh mostly that focuses on the species um which is really kind of interesting i think in itself that will be a change from the commercial setting where i've been um with the focus on a lot of hybrids and like colorful ornamental things right how big are your baby variegated congos they're in like four inch pots right now but they're growing you could bring one to the plant sale oh yeah could do that we keep talking about the plant sale that's already happened but in <laughs> in our current 
day and time. It has mm-hmm. not. Right. Oh, Wikipedia has philodendron urobescens with the Rojo Congo on it. Mm. Interesting. Means blushing. Urobescens means blushing. I keep trying to say I'm holding my phone up because I have saved three articles that I have found <gasps> that I think are really funny. And I was going to like share them with you all and we could dissect them and how bad of plant advice they are and things One like second that. here. Um, the, the Wikipedia article on philodendron urobescens says there's a dozen hybrid cultivars, including black cardinal, Birkin, burgundy, green emerald, imperial green, imperial red, Macaulay's finale, moonlight, pink princess, prince of orange, red emerald, rojo congo, white princess, and white wizard. So they're saying that the rojo congo is an erubicens. Yeah, it's just a cultivar. I wonder if the green congo is an erubicens as well. Did it, did it, is that listed? They have green emerald and imperial green specifically uh, listed. Interessante. Yeah, and then it says most of these are self-heading and not climbing, but like pink princess climbs. Mm-hmm. So I wonder if that's something, if we blast it with more light, if it would no, I have think, shorter internodal yeah. spacing. Or if those are all coming. hybrids and cultivars, right? There's 12. Yeah. So they're probably, it's probably just either hybridized with something that makes it climb or yeah. just selected to have longer internodal spacing. For whatever reason. Yeah, I don't know why someone would want I mean, maybe that. because they want the variegation and for some reason the variegation sure. comes with come with the thing. Mm-hmm. Oh, um, sorry to interrupt your thought again, Christine. Um, that we're not going to your articles quite yet. No, that's fine. Um, I was just thinking how I got I wonder it. if pink princess give off better variegation when you give them humidity. We'll give better variegation in humidity? Yeah, because you've been growing yours in your little terrarium. You have great uh-huh. variegation. I had a reverted pink princess that I got from my friend. She mailed it to me during COVID and it was like beautiful dark leaves, no variegation. Um, I grew it outside in the grow tent and I got like one or two splashes of variegation. Mm-hmm. I was using juju juice on it. And then I was getting ready, getting ready to get rid of the plant, but I took like three top cuts, rooted them, put it in a pot. It's in my grow tent downstairs. And guess what's giving me absolutely normal, beautiful variegation? That plant. Yeah. Difference, humidity. Not a light thing. I definitely have a response to that, but I also feel like I've cracked the code on the per, Paraiso Verde. Verde. Well, we got to finish our thought about the pink princess uh. and then we'll go to talk to. That's Paraiso. fine. I mean, we can keep. Yeah. Yeah. Um, What's your secret thought? I mean, I've sold. It's not a secret. I've sold dozens and dozens of those pink princess from the, from that mother plant. And a lot of them have had extraordinary variegation. And I always, every person that asks me how to care for it, I always tell them I grow it under artificial light in augmented heat and humidity conditions. And that has like maintained that really high definition, glossy foliage um, and variegation. For me, almost every single propagation that I've ever made has all had like really nice equal distribution variegation, like really, you know, sectoral or you know, splashy. And it's all been in those conditions. And anytime when I try to pull it out of those conditions, I run into issues. And so. I think that's a really, I think that has some really supported evidence because if that is specifically a species that was hybridized to have the variegation, then that would make sense that it would need to stay in a controlled environment to maintain it. Cause it's not a naturally Right. It's not a naturally occurring variegation. You're not going to have a rojo, whatever. Just I don't know. Start throwing out pink. I don't know where the pink princess came from. I know it's been around for quite a long time, though. Right. But I think that it's like the same thought of the um, tricolor syngonium, because that's like three or four. I can't remember if it's three or four different syngoniums all fighting to produce variegation. 
So it's just really unstable and you might want to need to keep it in a controlled environment to keep it. So now what about the Pariso Verde? Oh, low light all day long. Put it in your windowless bathroom and it will give you a beautiful light. <sighs> okay, so that plant went crazy. I don't know what last year at some point everyone was wanting to get them. And then I've I started seeing like everyone's plants were getting full green because we kept getting told highlight high temps that's what keeps the variegation up and then we kept getting told oh no it's an age thing they'll age out and then they're you know they just turn green with age because the babies stay highlight or uh, high variegation and then grow out of it me i had one and it was you know turning green on me i had thrown it outside so it was getting 85 degrees i had thrown it in a cabinet it was getting high light it was getting high humidity and it just kept turning green on me so i chopped it all up why are you looking at me like that i was oh fan is making noises oh gotcha so i chopped it all up threw it in not like completely dark corner but definitely on the south side of a west window meaning it's not getting it's not seeing any sun rays right and then kaylin can yell at me whether or not it's actually getting any light there but it started throwing out variegation again Slowly but surely. So they are definitely a low light plant. We've had a couple people in our discord too be like, okay, I'm going to try it. I'm going to stick it in a corner in my greenhouse where I know it gets low light. And then they're like, well, shit, look at this beautiful leaf. Yep. What the hell plant? What so the if hell? If you have a Parizo. If you're listening to this, what the hell? If you have a Parizo well, Verde and it's all green, try low light. What if, okay. Okay. So you tried <laughs> low light and it started to produce variegation yep. around August? No. July. Yep. July. Okay. And then other people, and then you were like, Hey, look what I found. And then other people started to produce variegation in August. Something like that. But what if it's just mid to late summer during the growing season when they start to produce variegation? But this is year three that I have this plant. Okay. So it's definitely gone through cycles. Okay. Yeah. I've had it. I've been growing it since 2019. I got one. Well, actually the one I got was in a trade and I've, I've talked about this before, but it was a spent node. Right. (laughs) And it was really sad, but I got one, another one somewhere. I don't remember where. And I've had this happen where it goes green during the winter. And then by the end of the summer, it's like producing leaves that have variegation. Mm. And, but I think that that's fascinating to, test out the different light levels right. because something is going on with the var- that variegation is different than other kinds of variegation yep. and something's going on with it where you'll get completely dark green emerald leaves without a, even a slight amount of variegation it reminds me of the syngonium mojito yeah. actually where that one can do really weird things too depending on growing conditions it will grow like leaves with high definition like mojito sort of modeling Mm -hmm. and then in other conditions that it just sort of like loses that definition and becomes sort of blurry yeah so it's kind of fascinating and with this one and you can't argue it's a maturity thing because the babies always come out with super 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 high variegation um but i'm noticing that the vine is starting to get is showing variegation out too so like an elbow where it's it's got the the stripes in it as it's continuing to grow. That's super wild. It's a very, yeah. If you have figured it out that it's low light and you grow a big, beautiful, magnificent plant, you need to shout that from the rooftops. Right. Yeah. Well, and I, I let um, a very popular, reputable 
seller in the group. He was having a giant sale back in June or something. And I saw that his Prisovaderae day was starting to lose its color at the top. And I told him, I was like, I think this is a low light plant. And that would make sense because as it's reaching the, oh, thank you. I didn't realize that that was what was making the annoying sound in the background. Um, I was realizing as it, I was like, hey, I think, you know, as this thing's getting taller, it's getting closer to your grow lights, it's getting too much light. And that's why you're losing the variegation. I mean, at that point, he kind of dismissed me. But I do think there's a lot of evidence at this point to support it. We'll see. We'll keep growing. Yeah, he also tried to uh, illegally import plants from Costa Rica. So what does he know? <laughs> we can't call him out too much here. Fine. Noob. According to Francisco. <laughs> Francisco, if you listen to our podcast, we love you. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, it's, that's part of the fun is doing these types of experiments and with these plants that can be recalcitrant, right? Like they right. just won't cooperate. And then you get to try it in all these different conditions. And then sometimes you find one, you find a variable that you can change that makes a difference. And if you do, I mean, share that, share mm -hmm. that, mm -hmm. and maybe it will work for other people too. I mean, that's the real test is if a bunch, you've got a bunch of other people copying the conditions that you're using and having success or seeing results, um, then you're like, okay, maybe we're onto something. It's, I think it's really difficult as a, like a single collector to just try something and have success and then be able to, have, you know, basically you'd, you'd want to repeat it a bunch of times with right. genetically diverse specimens in, in different sorts of conditions, environmental conditions, and see if it's just light or if it's light and humidity or light and genetics or whatever it may be. And enough people are fed up with that plant not putting out good variegation that they'll try anything you tell them. Right. Yeah. It's definitely, I mean, it's going to take me a while because obviously since it's now in a very much lower light situation, it's not growing at nearly as fast. So it's definitely going to take me a little while to see if this continues. But seeing it in the vine, that's definitely telling me that it likes where it's at. That's awesome. Mm -hmm. Weird. You should post a picture in the Discord. I have. You should post again so I can see it. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Definitely will. Uh, I think one of the changing subjects a little bit, one of the things in the Discord that I struggle with is like all the different th threads. Like there's so many different chats going on in the same little one that I like, I, I can't even find. You're like overwhelmed. Yeah. I like it because then you can be like, oh, where was that picture of this thing? Right. I like seeing oh, yeah, that. It was a question. Yeah. I don't know. I just keep up with it as it happens and right. I don't actually go back and look through anything. So I just get lost. I'm like, wait, where where was that thread? Like what what topic was that underneath? I don't even remember. And then I have to look through all of them to try to find where I was like, remember seeing something. Did you know you can search in Discord? Oh, that'll be easy. That could help. So you can search. Oh, Dendron Pariso Verde. You can search that or you can, oh. know, if you know that I'm the one that sent it, you can search just me and everything okay. I've sent and it will show you across all the threads. That could help. That could mm -hmm. help. Because it's like, wait, we, I remember we were talking about something interesting, but which one of these 13 subtopics <laughs> was it under? Probably yeah, we changed pets. topics very fast. <laughs> yeah. Um, I don't know. I like to have 15 different conversations at the same time. Ouch. Different topics. None of that. I, I mean, yeah, I mean, specifically like pets, like I don't want to be seeing pets in the general plant chat. Sure. So that's yeah, why. To, absolutely. To a certain extent, it's, it's super useful to, right. to divide by topic um, and keep things semi-organized. Mm -hmm. um, there's also like an extent that I'm able to manage 13 different. Right. Conversations. Yeah. Um, 
Well, I think we're at the very end of our like heat heat uh sure hope so. Yeah. yeah. Like it looks like we're at least here in the Twin Cities kind of nearing the end of the hottest part of the summer and then looking towards the next few weeks. I mean, by the time people are listening to this, it will be probably pretty firmly in the you probably should have your plants either inside or getting yeah. ready to bring them in pretty darn soon. But that scares me. I got to find room for stuff. Yeah. I'm looking at my two south windows. This one has four plants in it and it's full. The other one has one, two, three, four, five, six, seven plants in it and it's full. Dun, dun, dun. You have That's, all my space is taken up by, again, plant sale was at this point two weeks ago, but we're going to keep talking about it. Uh, that's what all my space is even taken up right now. Like yesterday, I was just throwing stuff outside. I'm like, I don't have space anymore. You're going to go outside for the week and hopefully you survive. Yeah, I made Saturday. some Hoya props that I stuck in my cabinet and I had to take the Pilea Peperomioides outside and I just stuck them on the north side of the greenhouse. I was like, you live here now. Yep. They'll be okay. I think they'll be all right out there. I, I looked at them last night with a flashlight and they were like super green and perky. <laughs> and I was like, oh, you guys like it out here. Yeah. You do go out with a flashlight. You go out and look at your plants with a flashlight. Yeah, because I... They're in a bunch of weeds, so I had to make sure that I watered them and not the weeds. Because <laughs> the weeds are just as tall as the pileus. It's funny. Like, I feel like there's a point in pe- plant people's journeys where they're like, they're the dude that's going to go into their plant room at night with a flashlight to look at growth. I mean, if I'm going in my plant room in the house, I turn the light on. I, tr- I use a flashlight sometimes because I have <laughs> grow lights in my plant room. I'm like, oh, I don't want to turn the grow lights. Want to wake them up? I don't want to well, wake everybody I mean, up. The lights I turn on are on a switch on the wall, so I don't have to like go find my grow light. Unless I'm going to the grow tent, in which case then I guess I do have to turn on the grow lights. <laughs> it's a basement in you a know, tent. I just feel like that's a rite of passage when you're like, Snooping around at night with a flashlight <laughs> looking at growth. On your I didn't plant. get enough of you guys during the day, so now I need to come back and look at you at night. I mean, us Hoya growers, growers, that's just the status quo. They smell gonna, good at night. They smell better at night. Yeah. My my Lacunosa, Super Silver, Croniana, whatever you are. Whichever one it is right um, now. It's blooming again, even though I put it through like moisture stress. I put it through too much. It had too much water. It had some root rot going on, I know, in there because some of the leaves got wrinkly and then didn't unwrinkle mm. after a few watering cycles. But it's blooming, so I'm kind of like and still holding on to all the foliage and the foliage is holding on to the root system, so I'm not too worried about it. But the cuttings I got from you are rooted in pond and they're not doing anything. And this is where I hate Hoyas. <laughs> Christine, why aren't they growing? I don't know. My, will be, my Wilbur Graves that I got in that trade is... Just starting to produce some growth points nice. in, P- in Cocoa Choir. My regular good old-fashioned Croniana Splash has been flowering pretty constantly all summer long. And I don't like those ones because they smell like old lady perfume. Uh, my grandma. Yep. Oh. My, my grandma frequents. Smells good. Yeah. Grandma frequents Bath and Body Works. So that's what I associate with grandma smell. So that might be different than the Croniana Blooms. I mean, a lot of Bath and Body Works smells like grandma's to me, so... Could be one and the same. It mm. just depends on whose nose you're using. I haven't been to Bath and Body Works since I was like eight and I was in the mall. I'm I'm sad their lotion is still shitty. Like you would think they would have figured out by now how to get non-greasy lotion. But no, it's the same shitty lotion. Mm. I mean, I tried to like use moisturizer on my face a few days ago. No, like a week ago. And like someone was like CeraVe. And mm-hmm. I was like, let's try that. And I was like, nope. My face was like, nope, not happening. Oh, I love CeraVe. 
It doesn't work for me. It's my couch lotion. I'm going to put some on right now. <laughs> I get dry hands in the winter on the couch. I, like, I get dry skin around the time of year when the, the weather starts changing. Oh, yeah. And I was like, oh, maybe I'll try like this super not like super non-comedogenic. We're, we're, we're on a tangent here. It's fine. Uh, but it, nope. It was like, nope. My skin was like, no, we're not doing that. But I went through one little phase where I actually used face moisturizer because my friend worked at Bare Minerals Mall mm -hmm. and they had like a $16 moisturizer in a little tube and I actually loved that shit. And then when she stopped working there, I stopped using it. Mm -hmm. <laughs> but with all... It was the only one I've ever used. But with all products, it can't just be a one and done thing. They say two weeks. You need to be using it for your skin to acclimate to it. Oh, just like plants. I'm just afraid that like I'm going to break out like crazy and I don't, I don't want to deal with that when I'm starting a new full-time job. That's fair. And it just happens to be starting the new job, like when the weather's changing and my skin gets dry. Yeah. Yeah. So just deal with your dry skin. But one one step at a time. Yeah. Yeah. We'll deal with it. There's there's pretty nice uh, humidification systems in the, in the conservatory. So I'll be like, <laughs> you know, be pretty moisturized. Tropical. Yeah. tropical. Or you could also try like a dedicated face moisturizer. I could. As opposed to just a lotion? No, I, it is the face moisturizer, moisturizer version of the CeraVe that I tried. Yeah. Uh, I love that stuff. Like, I want to love it. Yeah. I just, it just doesn't love me. I just hate lotion in general unless I'm <laughs> dry as a rhinoceros's ass or something. Hmm. What, about, the plants? what about moisturizer for your plants? <laughs> How do you Water. moisturize? I was going to say, I, going back to the internal spacing thing, however long ago we were talking about that. <laughs> 25 minutes. <laughs> I had to finally chop up my biliate because it was putting like six inches between its nodes. Ooh. And I was like, I'm tired of either doing this. Choppy chop. And then my uh, biliate over here has two growth points and I might get a leaf this week. <laughs> I've got six leaves and they're all this big. And I don't understand it because it's, it's burning itself on my grow lights. Mm. But it's reaching for the grow lights. Not mm. enough. I don't know what it's, it's problem something is. about. You could need to acclimate it, but also, yeah, why would it be reaching if it's burning? Mm. Right. No, I mean, I don't think those two things are mutually exclusive. <laughs> and maybe it's just an age thing. Like, do they just, are they putting more space in between nodes because the leaves are going to get bigger? But and so it's like adjusting itself to its size or Magnificent Billetier at the San Diego Botanical Garden. That thing has leaves the size of like three-year-olds. And then the <laughs> internodal spacing is non-existent because exactly. they're just stacked right on top of each other. And maybe that's... And that's in the little glass house thing that they have there, so... Maybe that's to do with just like all the different directions the light's coming from. I was going to say, here's my next hypothesis because Billetier is a fillet engine that would attach itself to a tree... So bringing light directly down on it isn't what it's going to want naturally. It's going to want more of on the angled side. So maybe that's part of it. So maybe you need to stick it in front of your best window so that yeah. it gets directional. That's yeah. When I, once these two growth points grow out, I'll have a couple to maybe experiment with and then decide from there. How big was the last leaf that it gave you? Small. Oh yeah. So it put out, I haven't, the second to the last leaf is its biggest one yet. I haven't measured it yet. I should. But then the most recent one that I unfurled was actually on the smaller side. Because it was too close to the grow light, perhaps? I think so. And it just maybe didn't have enough support? Were you supporting it? I am supporting it, but it was at that point where it was just starting to pop off okay. of the moss pole. Yeah. So. My billetier, my variegated one, is is doing it's doing something, finally, in the grow tent. That's good. Yeah. Um, putting out a leaf, so I'm really happy about that. Uh, it kind of was slow to adjust to soil because I switched from Lekka to soil this spring and it put out like one 
it like put out the leaf that it was starting to put out when it was in Lekka. Mm-hmm. But then after that, it kind of sat and I think it was just working on the root system for a while. And now it's like pushing foliage. So I'm excited about that. Nice. And it's staying variegated. It's the, well, the leaf, the most recent leaf that came out is like the most variegated leaf nice. so far. So we'll see if it can maintain that. But um, yeah, I think... Those, those, that Billy Etia, you were describing, where is that one you were? San Diego Botanical Garden. Oh. Yeah. I, I often see them growing in like almost like hanging basket situations because their leaves get so long. And then it seems like in those really good light situations, they, internodal spacing stays really small and they look really cool in that mm-hmm. type of setting. It's just hard to replicate that without mm-hmm. like a skylight or something. Yeah. I don't know. We'll see. Oh, I love that Billy Atier, the San Diego Botanical Gardens. <laughs> oh, but now you can get them at Menards for twenty bucks. So, and they yeah, actually look pretty decent boo for us who are trying to sell them for more. <laughs> Make some cash. I'm like still working on figuring out the philodendron gloriosum, and oh. I'm determined. I'm like, I'm gonna figure. It, like, is it, yours growing in humidity? No, put it back in the tent because I have experienced the same thing. I was not getting very good growth outside the tent, even. In my patio door, okay, like front prime prime spot, whatever. I kept getting like little dinky leaves, but I put it in the grow tent downstairs to get it to like figure its shit out. Right, it's figured its shit out. Mm-hmm. It's got a bunch of leaves. They're getting bigger each time. The all the leaves are coming out nice. They look great. I think it's the humidity. Yeah, and they actually they like low light. It's not a fan of getting a lot of light. Interesting. Or does yours like more light? I don't have gloriosum anymore. Okay. I'm keeping all three of the Gloriosum propagations, not propagation. They're like all their own plants at this point. But the three that I started out as propagations, I'm not going to sell any of them. I've decided I want to like keep them and try them in different windows and right. one, maybe one in the grow tent and just see how they do this winter. Uh, they're all established in soil now. So that just is a shift because I used to always just grow them in Lekka. And I had mine never, in Lekka too. Wasn't never really it. sized up with in Lekka. So... Um, how I know it wants lower light, you know, the leaves, they sit vertically, whatever. It started pointing all of its leaves down towards the ground mm. if it got more light. Yeah. So it sits on like the lower level of my grow tent. They like fold in on themselves yeah. to like avoid. And fun thing. Okay. Out on the back, I have my greenhouse plants, which are under a 70% shade cloth while the greenhouse is getting de-spider mitified. Um, my squammy is out there and his lower leaves kind of poke out the side of the shade cloth and they get full sun and after one day he was like oh fuck that and his leaves which were previously like top of the leaf up to mm-hmm. the sky mm-hmm. he's turned them so that the underside of the leaf is pointing out towards where the sun is hitting him and he's sitting vertically my ghost is doing that oh yeah he's getting too much light too i guess well no i think the the very bottom leaf just came out weird anyway but it it, it to afclim i think it instead of like folding back outwards so the top of the leaf is getting into the sun it was like i'm just gonna go this way instead because mm-hmm. i came out weird and so the bottom leaf is pointing straight up it's like a really common aeroid strategy oh really to, to deal with too much light yeah um and it's, it's so funny seeing it so dramatic it's really frustrating and they, they never unfold so like even if you then put it back in low low light those leaves that get traumatized they just they stay their petioles stay folded oh so are you saying my squammy is gonna stay vertical like that on those two leaves? On those two. But the new leaves that come out will be okay. I mean, they'll... they'll. But if they were able to turn vertically to shield themselves, won't they be able to 
flatten back out once I take away that excessive light? I think it, in my experience, it sort of behaves like trauma to a leaf where it gets damaged in some way. And once that leaf gets damaged, it's never going to like that leaf won't heal itself. Because I've seen leaves that actually like get stuck in a certain way and just refuse to turn around. But like in this case, the plant turned its leaf on its own. And I'm assuming that once I take away that sun shining on its bottom two leaves, it'll figure its shit out and turn back normal because they're not damaged. Nothing happened. The plant just moved the leaf. I disagree, but but that's only because I've been, that's only from my personal experience. This is what I've found. But I know what you're talking about with the leaves that just stay stupid. These I don't think are going to stay stupid. I hope not. Yeah. My Cupria is also another one who, if he gets too much light, he'll turn all his leaves down to the ground, mm-hmm. which another one that wants low I mean, light. You're shaking that. your head, Christine. Is yours no, my Cupria? No, 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 no. I'm just saying that I'm shaking my head because that is by far the hardest alocasia that I've grown. It's Cupria. I just can't figure out its light. Oh, are you still struggling with it? Mm-hmm. Give it lower light and humidity. I, mm. <laughs> oh, do you not have room for it to have humidity? Well, where am I going to give it humidity that isn't in a cabinet where it's going to get high light? Is my corner. Uh, maybe I split them up. I have two right now. One is staying in the exact same spot that it was in, and the other one it went downstairs to where like the little congregation of Albo Billy mm. Tandarusa is out of a tent or inside a tent outside of a tent, but it's still surrounded by plants. So it's getting higher humidity, quote unquote, higher than what it would by itself. Mm-hmm. Um, and the newer leaves are coming out. Okay. Still small, but the older leaves, I would think they would, you know, come back up if it was in a happier light situation. Maybe not. I don't know. I'm about two steps away of just saying I'm, I can't grow Cupria. If you want, we can go measure the light that mine in the grow tent is getting. You've done that and you gave it to me. You told me what it was and I've simulated that, I that think. it wasn't enough. Yeah, mine's finally happy. It's giving me a shit ton of leaves. I have multiple growth points coming out of the same plant. Getting these beautiful yeah. iridescent leaves all the time. And it's probably got spider mites. So I got to go fix that. <laughs> yeah, I I want to do, I either want to get a light meter or I'll use one on my phone because I'm taking a biology class and we're doing a what you should do is you should go straight for a par meter i would like that yeah but those are expensive right 300 bucks yeah we're doing a seed germination lab at home like a take home and i and i want to like try different light levels and see how many seeds germinate at different light levels um but i want to measure the light when i do it so music to my ears adam wants a light meter Mm -hmm. my not for my house plants (laughs) <laughs> my controversial opinion is that the light meters for your phones are garbage oh they, they are they don't yeah but, but as, like, long, as long as they're, they're better cons- than nothing as long as but they're also consistent. still shitty yeah Especially i would say that they're not at that point i i don't think they're reliable enough to say that can give you a good idea of your i think i think they work just fine if you're trying to figure out where in your house you can put plants so like oh window corner gets no light oh if i move it two feet in front of the window shit ton of light if i move it three feet back from that window straight you know perpendicular out from the window oh my light dry drops off drastically like you can use that maybe your stuff out but every time i have people measure their grow lights with their phone apps it just gives me stupid readings and i'm like what Right. Why is it saying it's only 25 foot candles? Like maybe you did buy a shitty light, but also like. That doesn't sound accurate. Yeah. I no. For me, the most important thing would be when I put it in a bright spot, it's showing 
a proportionally higher number than when I put it in a low spot or a different low spot are close to the same. Right. So I don't need it to tell me the exact foot candle reading. I just need it to be consistent between different light levels. Um, but yeah, so maybe looking at looking at doing some seed germination experimentation at, in the home. Vegetables, houseplants, what kind of seeds? Probably some radishes, seeds, or some peas or something like some that. Cold season stuff? Yeah, just yeah. so that we can see like how light affects germination. But it's another thing on the agenda. But what uh, Do you guys have anything else going on that you want to talk about in the current, in your current plant world or otherwise? I mean, us talking has like stimulated my brain for a bunch of different things that I have going on as far as experiments go. Um. I don't know how much we want to delve into it. Cause like going back to the whole philodendron, Billy Etier, and I guess Squamy could be in categories in this. So one day I was like, so Billy Etiers have orange petioles and stems, but they have green leaves. And I was like, would their petioles and stems still photosynthesize? Cause they don't have chlorophyll in them. Cause the chlorophyll is what makes things green. So I, I was searching and I don't remember the name of the chemical, but there is another chemical in plants that cause the yellow and the orange, mm. i.e. variegation, um, or just their different colored stems. And that chemical reacts to different wavelengths of light that the green does, that the actual chlorophyll does. Mm. So kind of going back into that where maybe those plants want the afternoon sun because they're going to react differently because they're getting different wavelengths of light. Yeah, it's my mm. kind of little hypothesis. Are anthocyanins? I, I know anthocyanins are the things that or the, the chemical that makes certain fruit different colors mm -hmm. uh, and maybe even certain leaves different colors. Like it's what makes anti plants high in antioxidants, I right. think. But yeah, there's definitely, there's, there's, a, there's a possibility. Yeah, I definitely think that might be something that would support that thought process of what angle of light is my Billy going to want more. Maybe every, <laughs> Maybe everybody knows this, but something I found out recently was that the the needles on cacti are leaves Leaf. are modified leaves mm -hmm. i knew that and i remember that from my good old college biology class yeah i learned it on bloom and go radio yeah which is just really fascinating but also that the the stems when you're talking about those epiphytic cacti that don't produce leaves they just produce stems that flatten mhm mm um that they just never grow leaves they just their stems just basically what you were saying do the same work with photosynthesis right um they don't need to grow leaves wild wild plants are strange yeah humans oh. are stranger <laughs> that's Actually, true we pick our plant of the week yeah i feel like this 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 time i, I don't just answered this question yeah, I feel like this time i don't have another one totally ready forever most though i'll have to think you have to stop saying that every <laughs> single time we record. It's, it's a gimmick. It's it's a thing we're going to get known for. Okay. But it's not the Brevermosa. Mine's definitely not the Brevermosa. He's taking a beating. I'm just trying to remember over the last few episodes, like all the episodes we've recorded, because what's coming to my mind right now is my elbow Monstera. But I feel like I already used that as you a did, but plant of the week. Ooh, uh, Begonia Amphioxus for me. I just up potted him from a six inch to a seven or eight inch pot because he was drying out too fast. He looks amazing. He's giving me bright lime green leaves with cute red spots with weird ass shaped leaves. I love him. And he needs way more. 
shish kebab skewers to keep his little little stems up because he is growing horizontal now. Nice skewers. Mine's gonna be my Hoya. Uh, I always say this wrong. Is it Morellii? Marielli? Marielli? Really? You gave to me, I think. The one that I gave to you in a completely unfair trade for a variegated bipen, but the bipen reverted on me, so I guess I was the loser in that trade. I don't know. Uh, but yeah, I mean, it's just that's one. It's liked being outside, um, but it's just started to it started to like branch out more, so it's filling out its pot really nicely. I'm happy with it. Nice. Mm-hmm. I can't think of you a- can have yours be your elbow again if it's making you happy. Well, it definitely is. I mean, because it's growing. It grew a leaf, like the newest leaf is bigger. It's just bigger. Yeah. Bigger. And it has a midrib pinna. Like it's it grew the little holes along the midrib oh, nice. line. Yeah. Did you just call it a fenny? Pinna. Oh. Like I pasta heard, penne. Heard... penne is something different. <laughs> no, like no, no, no. Fenne. Like fenestration. Oh. No. Fenny. I just saw someone use that on Instagram and I was like, oh God, is this what we're doing now? We're doing it. We're, we're growing we're abbreviate plant terms. Oh God. Um, no, I believe, I believe the holes are called pinna, which, which means like windows or something like that. Yeah. But Window to my soul. I think my honorable mention would be my elbow because I also am loving it right now. My elbow's doing a fucking great job too. Shout out to all of our elbows. Yeah. <laughs> Shout out to the elbow world. But yeah. Any, any other like... Um, just like housekeeping things we want to bring up or weekly reminder to join the discord. Join our discord talk with us. We miss you. We like Hear talking to you. Wow. <laughs> you guys our need shirts. to work on Ooh, I ordered shirts. Enthusiasm. I ordered rough around the hedges uh. shirts. Brandon and I are going to rock them together. Oh, wait, did I miss the sale? Yeah, I think the sale's still going on, but you oh. did miss the window to have one in time for the sale. <gasps> for the black yeah. garage um, sale. Well, Kaylin, I know for a fact got two shirts. <laughs> You're going to have to fight Brandon for that then. <laughs> I think, okay, so I've invited some people to our sale, yeah. some friends, and yeah. I know Dalet's coming too, so Ooh. it'll be kind of a good... You can help be security for us. Yeah, it'll be a good social socialization reason, reason to socialize. You can socialize Dalet. <laughs> no, Dalet was sick of socializing with Adam's friends. He met them all, remember? Uh, all right, wants to go... I'm sorry. Where are you going with this? I was going to say, Dalet told me at the zoo he wants to go dancing. So we got to figure out a place <gasps> to go dancing. Do swing dancing or salsa dancing? He, I think he just or wants to go, go dancing. dance country western music downtown at the uh, Cowboy Jack Saloon. I don't think we should dance country western. <laughs> I don't know how Dalet will react to that. Maybe he would react positively. I think he just wants to go dancing. Okay. I think he'd be happy you with gotta any You got to figure out what kind of dancing he wants and then well, we can figure it out. Because I, I know where we can go swing dancing. I know where we can go country western well, dancing. It feels like you have the lay of the land and maybe you should just... <laughs> I've been dancing in this city. Right. Like Kaylin has been dancing in this city. So I mean, maybe... You can't say like I have been recently. Like it's been like nine years. Oh. Except for the country western, that was like three years ago. So maybe not so much of party. a I had no choice. of the land, but more of like a... <laughs> they still do the swing dancing at the Wabashaw Street Caves and the uh, tapestry. Wow. That's where we went one time in college, remember? Yeah, the tapestry. Yeah. Well, on that... Woo! We're going dancing. Party you guys want to yeah. come dancing with us? Let us know. We'll get something on the calendar. In the meantime, Thanks yeah. Thanks for tuning in. Yeah. Stay rough. This has been Rough Around the Hedges podcast. Thanks, everyone. Bye. Bye-bye. What? Yeah. I don't know. I think it's nice when we like just talk about a random fun thing at the end. Let's go do.